0: And welcome, everyone, to another episode of What Exit, Jersey Stories. I'm your host, Nick Franco. and with me today is my co-host, Pete. Pete Reario. There we go. Uh, yeah. Of course, as always, uh, holding things together, uh, Mr. Ming Chen over here. What's up, everybody? And with us today, uh, New Jersey comic, uh, Eagle Scout, and uh, all-around awesome dude, our friend, and uh, host of the American Loser podcast on the Shared Universe uh, Network, Mr. KP Burke.
1: Oh, thank you, buddy. I'm. Uh, by the way, my new title is just a uh, funny plumber. That's what I've been reduced. <laughs> <for>. <laughs> I like
0: that. Wait, wait. So, so you just what what you know, you actually just do a gig? Uh, not gigs. Uh, you you have to do a uh, service calls to what circuses or whatever. You know, funny plumber. You like like your clown uh, clown shoe gets stuck or something or.
1: Uh, it might as well be at this point. I've uh, <laughs> uh but it's good to uh, be here with you guys. Thank you again for the invite. I know I said it before the show too, but I meant it.
0: No, uh, no, to no, no, no. We're, we're happy to have you. We're happy Absolutely. to have you, and uh, you yeah, know, we, we wanted to do this. You know, we just started this uh pod, you know, a couple of episodes ago, and I, you actually are uh, one of our inspirations. And um, song. yeah, yes, Q Chicago, yeah, but um. The, the the whole idea of American loser. You know, like going through history and you know finding these uh, people that came in second place or or worse. And me, I, I've been a Jersey guy my whole life. i not only a Jersey guy, I've been a Hackensack guy my whole life. I I can't get out of town. <laughs> but I figured there's other parts of New Jersey and you know, other things and people and places and stories. And wh- why don't we talk about those? So, so thank you, KP. Oh, No, I, I
1: thank you, man, and I, I like everything I've heard from you guys so far too, because it's uh, it's very Jersey-centric. So sometimes uh, we don't get to pay as much close attention to the the stuff in the backyard as we'd like to on my show. But you guys are killing it with that.
0: Uh, thank, thank you. you. So you know, t- today, yeah, you know, the, the the subject of our uh, of our uh, episode is is going to be New Jersey, and you know we're we're continuing with a little sports history. Being that we're a little sports deprived, you know, like the, I can't believe the NFL draft was on ABC you know, th- this week, which, which just blows my mind. People are so uh, sports starved right now. <laughs> but um, we're, we're going to talk about a little special part of uh, Jersey history. We're, we're going to talk about breaking the color barrier in baseball in New Jersey sports history. So, of course, you know, when we're talking about, you know. Breaking the color uh, barrier in uh, New Jersey sports history, who who do you get but one of the whitest guys we know, KP Burke. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was good, man. I'm
2: on the uh, I'm on the other side of that one, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second.
2: Like, how did he How did he uh, steal that title from Mike Zabsic as uh, whitest guy that you know? I'm not really sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, no, whitest guy, not whitest angriest guy. You know that 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 we know. You know.
3: Have a
2: battle royale between the two of them. Yeah, fight death, I'd be done with. I'd, I'd be done with that. I would take <laughs> money for that. I got my money on KP for sure. Uh, well, I, a lot of people would pay for that. Again,
0: there's no sports. <laughs> um, unless, he, unless he called, uh, you know, the uh, essential uh, product uh, WWE in front of uh, no fans. Uh, you know, sports. I don't know. Yeah. I know you're a fan, uh, KP, but is is that, uh, is that essential? Someone tell me.
1: I, I think my fandom stops, and you guys will appreciate this. I believe my fandom for wrestling stops uh, probably when Stone Cold Steve Austin left. You know, so yeah. that, back then I would have considered it essential. Nowadays, I just can't believe that I'm tuning into the fourth round of the draft. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was joking the other night on. Uh, uh, well, well it was on Point, Black, uh, Point Blank uh, Podcast uh, uh, when Gio said he uh, came on and uh, he was talking about, like, you know, who everyone's going to draft. I was like, you know, yeah, the first round, the the, the Jets are going to draft a, uh, a, a canister of Lysol wipes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be one of the best picks that they've done in recent history. <laughs> it's- is the size
3: of that guy that they got on the Jets? He no, like- I, I, I
0: didn't check it out yet.
1: <laughs> oh. There's <laughs> some monsters out there, man. This was... Yeah. Uh, that was a weird draft. A couple of Jersey kids, too, I noticed, which was cool.
0: Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah, I always get excited for the
1: hometown. Show. Me, too. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, wait. You you just t- you muted yourself, uh, Q- KP.
1: Oh, I, I've been doing it on again and off again because my dog is in the background whining at me because he wants to know why who I'm talking to in this box. <laughs> 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 it's okay,
0: Eddie. That's okay. <laughs> we are friends.
1: <laughs> uh, it's the truth. He doesn't get it, though, man.
0: Uh, but. But again, again, you know, for for that clamoring for sports, we figured we we'd go into uh, the the history of New Jersey and you know the breaking of the color barrier. What do you know? What you know? All three of you. What what do you guys know about you know uh, breaking of the color barrier and New Jersey's part of it? Be, besides what I sent you guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, I I was unaware that Jersey was even involved in uh, in any of the uh, breaking the color barrier history. Yeah, I, I I I think I know what most. People know uh, most baseball fans know Jackie Robinson, Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, you know, went through. Uh, uh, there was still segregation going on, so mm-hmm. road trips were difficult. Um, things like that. But uh, yeah, I've never really researched it in depth. Um, I- I've looked into some of the Negro leagues, um, mainly for the. Uh, the I-, I, th- I thought the uh, the logos for the Negro leagues were cool, and oh, yeah. uh, sometimes you'll come upon uh, like a-, a throwback jersey or a hat. Um, uh, however uh, yeah I don't I don't know much so uh, I'm prepared for you to educate us all today so stay tuned everybody
0: excellent 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 and uh how about uh you Pete
3: no I, that's why I'm here for the education for the history lesson from professor uh you know Franco over here so <laughs>
0: Professor Franco we go yo. <laughs> you know? I'm more, not I'm not professor Franco I'm more like <laughs> dr. Nick <laughs> hey everyone. no um <laughs>
1: Scary good impression, by the way. Yeah.
0: I did say I do uh, voices very well. But anyway, uh, (laughs) oh, you've muted yourself again, KP. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you you just got to ignore that for the rest of the show because he's, yeah, his head is literally on my lap right now, so. (laughs) But KP, what what do you know as far as New Jersey's, uh, you know, part in uh, breaking the color uh, barrier?
1: Well, uh, uh, when I was in fourth grade, I had to do a, um, my teacher was a. she gave us an assignment. It was New Jersey Project, so it was uh, – you had to profile two famous people from Jersey. And mm-hmm. uh, I was obsessed with baseball, so as a favor, she gave me Larry Doby. Nice, nice. I, I read a lot about it. So I, I, I come in with a little more prepared knowledge, uh, a, a cheating card up my sleeve, if you will, with that. But then – um, you know, also uh, just everything we learned from doing the Satchel Page episode, too. So this is I
0: was, I was going to allude to that, like the uh, the Satchel Page episode of American Loser. By the way, everyone listen to that and, and every other uh, episode. But in that uh, episode, you were saying that uh, Ty, your, your your buddy after the episode, was it after or before, wound up going to a barbershop? Uh, yeah. If you want to tell us that story. Uh.
1: Thank you for the setup, dude. That, that was a weird story. So my buddy Ty Rainey, uh, super funny comic. Um, he came in, he's, uh, he grew up in Montclair is all I'm, My mom's from Montclair, so she's got a soft spot for it, but I met him doing uh, shows over in Montclair and he, um, I brought him onto the show and I think a day or two, he wasn't aware of all the, the history of the, especially the Jersey connection and then, um, uh, mm-hmm. the Larry Doby stuff. And, um, he winds up, uh, going into a barber shop and he's just talking about the show with the, the guy cutting his hair. And it turns out that, uh, I can't remember if it was the guy cutting his hair it was another guy in the barber shop, and it was uh, Larry Doby's grandson. Wow. Yeah, so pretty weird that uh, you know that's still relevant. And then my my aunt Linda went to um, uh, her high school reunion. I think uh, she went to it was I want to say Montclair High School. I think there's only one high school, but uh, Larry Doby's sister and her graduated together. They knew each other.
0: Oh wow! Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool stuff,
1: man. It was uh, so outside of Larry Doby. I don't know too much. I think we're going to talk about the Nork Bears today, right?
0: Yeah, but well, well, yeah, the well, actually, the the North Eagles. Come on, you're an eagle scout. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we are. To t- talk a bit about, you know, some of the actual places. As I said, we, we go over the you know the, the people, the places, the things, the uh, the events in uh, New Jersey history, and um, some of the places that played a part in New Jersey's uh, part in breaking the color barrier. And you know, first part. The, as you mentioned, the Negro Leagues. Um, one of them was uh, in Patterson, New Jersey, in Paseca County, Hinchcliffe's uh, Stadium. And uh, l- let's see, it, it hosted the um, 1933 championship uh, between the New York Blank, the New York Black Yankees, and the Philadelphia Stars. And that's that was Hinchcliffe was actually the home stadium of the New York Black Yankees. So, again, another New Jersey home for a New York team. <laughs> <laughs> we're been like that over the years. But um, then we had, uh, let's see, Rupert Stadium over in Newark. And as you, you mentioned, uh, home of the Newark Bears for, uh, for, for the International League, triple A team uh, for the New York Yankees, but for uh, the Negro Leagues, you had, it was the Newark Eagles. And we're going to speak about a few of the people from the Newark Eagles today. And the, the strange connection, besides them being teammates, uh, that, uh, that happened. And um, the, 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 in 46, actually, the Eagles won the uh, Negro League World Series. And it was, uh, in fact, they beat, oh, uh, who was it? Was it the Monarchs? Yeah, I think it was the KC Monarchs, and the pitcher for the KC Monarchs was Satchel Paige.
1: Oh wow, man! the The Ming was right too. I, I always the funniest part of doing that episode was just researching the team names, and you're reminding me of some of them now, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> was it the, yeah. the Chattanooga Choo Choo's? That's the jersey. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
0: yeah, let's see. The, D- d- down, uh, down w- way down south, uh, in New Jersey, we also had in AC. We had uh, Bacharach Park. No, no, no relation to Burt. Uh, I don't think any relation to the game, but uh, they, the the Giants, uh, were the uh, home team there, and uh, they uh, one of their uh, uh, star players was John Henry Pop Lloyd, who uh, some people, uh, well, some historians actually agree was the best shortstop ever to play the game.
3: Better
0: than Derek Jeter? It's- <laughs> yeah, even better, yeah, better than Derek Jeter. Right. No, well, oh, also a Jersey connection there, too. No. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Um, then we had Oval Park and East Orange. And the the first African-American team was the New York Cubans. They used that. <laughs> <laughs> go, go figure that one. <laughs> they used that field from 41 to 47. Um. Now, the strange thing about Oval Park in uh, East Orange was also non-Negro League teams played there too. In fact, there was uh, a semi-pro white team, the East Orange Baseball Club, that would play there. And what a lot of the Negro League teams would do was they would go to the Oval. They would play this team so you actually had some actual integrated baseball going on uh, before they would actually go to play their next Negro League uh, game, like before they would go uh, play the Newark Bears, the Eagles, or you know, whomever the next day, they would stop over at Oval Park. So you, you had a lot of the, the teams, not just the New Jersey-based teams, but teams that came in from you know, the other states would stop in, play, play a game or two, and then head off and play their actual game.
1: Um, that's how the minor league works to this day. I don't know if you knew that. That's that's like not too far off from the modern like double like A and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is that there'll be like one or two prospects that they have to get the games in because they think they can make money off of them. So they'll have yeah. guys that are like driving buses in the offseason that get to play baseball as a minor leaguer for their whole life.
0: Or or, or, that, or when Jose uh, Canseco gets sent down to the minors and then everyone wants to see the Trenton Thunder all of a sudden. Uh,
1: what, a, <laughs> what a Twitter follow that guy is.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I like, yeah, uh, you know, uh, following him and the Iron Sheik. A yeah, c- couple of good uh, yeah, Twitter follows. Well, I, I mean,
2: you you never know when a ball's going to bounce off someone's head and 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 go over the fence for a home run. So you got
0: to there for him. It takes a, a particular skill set, and we know Jose Canseco has that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, over, over in Bloomfield, we had a uh, Sprig Field. Uh, the New York Browns played there. Uh, In Newark, you had also the Meadowbrook Oval, where the Newark Dodgers played. Uh, In Newark as well, you had School Stadium for the the Newark Stars. And if we actually go back even further, um, Elysian Field in Hoboken hosted hosted games for the Cuban Giants back in 1888. (laughs) And there was some research done. They found actual some of the, the, the Negro League teams were playing in Morris County in the late 1880s as well. I don't know that one at all. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know this one either. I, I, um, I, I believe it, this one came from, I'm sure to remember if it was NewJersey.com or from the record. And uh, one of uh, a guy from the cultural historic resource specialist, uh, Jan Williams in Morris County, Uh, He came across stories about the Iron Era, uh, a newspaper with stories with the Cuban Giants playing local teams in Booton, Dover, Rockaway, and including the psychiatric staff at Greystone in Mars Plains. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ming, you want to take a... I guess what the team name was for the for Greystone uh, (laughs) Psychiatric
2: psychiatric Hospital. Uh, I don't know the the tuberculosis. No, that's, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, the sickies. No, that's a little too on the nose. I have no idea what uh, what was the The, Greystone. They were
0: the hospitalers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) i Greystone again? I'm sorry.
0: Where was Greystone again? I forgot. Uh, Mars Plains. Oh, oh Mars Plains. <laughs> Basically where I work now. Not a Greystone, but Mars Plains.
3: <laughs> oh, Lord.
0: Um, and yeah, j- just to show their dominance, the Cubans be- be- beat those hospitalers uh, 22 to 14 <laughs> back in 1894.
1: Jeez, that's a football score.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, here's a weird one. Roosevelt Stadium in Jersey City. Uh, excuse me, Jersey City. This was not used for the Negro Leagues. It was actually a minor league stadium. Uh, this is where the Jersey City Giants played uh, for the International yeah. League. And they were the uh, AAA team for the New York Giants when we had the New York Giants. Not the New York Giants, but the New York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> and... um. There is a particular place in history that this holds, and we will get into this next. Anyone want to take a shot at? You know, I really on. thought Nick was thrown into a commercial. I was like, how the fuck did he get sponsors before me?
2: <laughs> There's like four episodes in. It's like, wow, good job, buddy. After <laughs> these messages. And we'll
3: find out after this
0: short. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling regular? Are you no? Um. Anyway, uh, anyone want to take a, a shot? I know I, you know, Pete and KP. I did actually send you our outline, if you want to call it that. Um, what what the actual historical significance of Roosevelt Stadium in the breaking of the color barrier of baseball holds?
2: Where was Roosevelt Stadium? Jersey City. Jersey City. The, um. I have I have no idea. Please okay.
3: one. Did you like hide it in the outline somewhere like I, it's like a code breaker like I got to figure it out?
0: Yeah, yeah wait, did, did you uh did you put some steam behind it and um you know like a little uh, lemon juice? And, and that's
3: all I and yeah, I put it near the toaster for the uh, <laughs>
0: oh. There we go. Well, we'll get into our next subject uh, right away because this is where Jackie Robinson First broke the color barrier, so we, we we all know about you know him breaking the color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers, but he actually had to play in the minors first, and well, in the minors it wasn't integrated either. So Jackie Robinson, he was given a um, given a uh, he he was signed. And he wound up playing for the Montreal Royals. He wound up playing for the Royals versus the Jersey City Giants on April 18th, 1946, at Roosevelt Stadium. So his first game,
2: Breaking the Color Barrier, was a road game in Newark, in Jersey City. That is correct.
1: It's like the first story of optimism I've ever heard out of Jersey City. Usually if you're going for, like, you know, some sort of – there's a lot of good food down there, but I don't know if I want to start my career in Jersey City.
0: Uh, well, you know, it, it, it depends on what the career is, I guess.
1: <laughs> well,
0: wasn't <laughs> that there, there was a tour. thing, too? What's up, Pete? No,
3: I said a restaurant tour. That's maybe a good career in Jersey
0: City. right? Oh, a <laughs> restaurant tour. I thought you said a restaurant no. tour. No, I, a, a I restaurant what that was. Wasn't sure no, if I wanted not, to go there.
3: Not a tour of the restaurant. <laughs> okay. A restaurant tour. Anyway, go on.
0: Um, so it was April eighteenth, nineteen forty-six. Does anyone know when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in the major leagues?
2: No. Uh, I don't have the exact date, unfortunately. I, KP, when into the Was it into the fifties?
0: No, no, earlier or yeah, later? Earlier than the fifties. In the fifties. No, it wasn't in the 50s. It was earlier oh. than the 50s. Oh, okay. Yeah, m- 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 Mr. Robinson, he um he broke the color barrier in the majors for the Brooklyn Dodgers on April 15th, 1947. So almost a year to the day he broke the color barrier in the minor leagues. He actually broke it <laughs> in the majors with with, with the Dodgers. But I don't know if he had the same day that he had in the minors, though. He actually, in this first game at Roosevelt Stadium, he had four RBIs, four runs scored, two stolen bases, four hits, and a three run homer.
2: (laughs) Wow. It's a monster day. Yeah. Scrub. Just
0: just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, in fact, um, if I, if I can bring up my uh, my info here. Yeah, the, the, there was a great uh, uh, quote for... Um, oh, I got to find it, got to find it, got to find it. minor League Stadium, Jackie Robinson. And oh, um, by the way, there's a statue honoring Jackie Robinson near the PATH station in Jersey City. So... Some people probably go there and wonder, you know, wh- wh- why is this here? You know, wh- you know, what what business does it have doing it in Jersey City? Th- this is the actual connection to that statue. See, that's but, interesting. Um, let's see. Wh- wh- where was the uh, th- 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 this great quote?
1: While you're looking that up, too, Nick. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, They always said that one of the reasons that it was Jackie Robinson before Satchel Paige for coming into the uh, breaking the color Bear, if you will. Hmm. Uh, Paige refused to play in the minors and Jackie Robinson was willing to at least, you know, take the temporary demotion. Yes. So
0: yeah. Else, and shit, and man? The, the, as we move on, uh, KP, you're going to find there was somebody else too, <laughs> that, that this happened to as well, besides Satchel. But that, that, um they wanted to bring right from the Negro leagues to the majors. But, uh, yeah, again, uh, J- Jackie did the minor league stint and then uh, d- uh, jumped ahead. But oh, okay, the, the, there was a headline, and um, the, the, uh, they were talking about the, the game. It's like they—they uh, they, I couldn't have dreamed up a better start. He did everything but usher, usher seats in the crowd. But the newspaper had the best headline: Jim Crow dies at second. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a good headline. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, the, the, fantastic headline. And, you know, it, c- can you imagine this is the first day and the, the, the pr- again, it's not the major league yet, but you still have this pressure ma- uh, mounted against you. And, well, what do you go do? Eh, three run homer, you know, four RBIs, four runs, a couple of stolen bases, sold popcorn, <laughs> mm-hmm. basically d- did it all in this first game. So like before making the mark in the majors, this was the big mark in the minors that had to be overcome. And, uh, Jackie did it with a bang. Mm. Now, do do you know the person, uh, this one goes out to KP. Do you know the guy who signed Jackie Robinson to the Dodgers? Oh shit. Yeah.
1: Uh, they talk about on Michael K. all the time. Uh,
0: S- um, it sounds like a drink. Michael Kine. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Michael Caine. <laughs> oh. Uh What is it? It's a. Uh, it like attached to a tree.
1: It's, uh, it's weird when he gives me more hints and I get further away from it. <laughs> and no, his, his name is not Groot. That's, well, what didn't Harrison Ford play him in the
0: movie? I am. Um, oh, was it? I'm not He may have. You know what? I didn't see. You're talking about 42? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I didn't see 42 yet. But I think you're right. I think Ford may have played. The, the guy's name was Branch Ricky. <laughs> really?
2: And you were correct. Harrison Ford did play him in 42.
0: Oh, thank you, Ming. Goddamn right. So, b- Brent Schricke, he was the one that signed Jackie Robinson from the KC Monarchs. Also, you know, we, we, we mentioned them as well. But – um, and I believe he did not give any compensation to the KC Monarchs. And this is going to come back again uh, multiple times, and we'll see what happens <laughs> because of that. So, I want to go actually – To some of the other players in the Negro Leagues and their connection to Jersey, including our own Donald Newcomb. Uh, Who knows anything about Donald Newcomb?
2: Uh, Heck of a player. That's about all I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Yes. Ming Chen says, heck of a player. (laughs) Um, I I I got got nothing, nothing. so. Okay, well, he's actually he's he's definitely one of ours. He was born in Madison, and raised in Elizabeth. He uh, attended actually Jefferson High School in Elizabeth, and being a great baseball player, um, Jefferson High School did not have a baseball team, (laughs) so he actually played semi-pro baseball while attending high school. Jesus. so you're so, saying he was good, yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
1: kind of a Bo Jackson thing going on there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, um, Newcomb actually uh, played for the, the Newark Eagles in uh, in the Negro leagues, and um. He you know he wound up he just wound up playing in the majors, but. There's a couple of uh, bumps in the road uh, beforehand. Uh, he also played... Uh, where is it? I believe he... Let's see. He also played for the Montreal uh, Royals for uh, uh, minors. Uh, but Branch Rickey uh, signed Newcomb to, to a contract. As I said, this is what he did with Jackie Robinson. Uh now, the business manager for the Eagles, uh, Effa Manley, she agreed that, okay, yeah, you, you can sign him. And the Newark Eagles were not compensated for, you know the, the signing of Mr. Newcomb. But uh, he, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place here, So they stole him. Yeah, Br- Branch Rickey was kind of good at this. <laughs> hmm. he's a, he's a good, he was good. I had a good eye for talent for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, he definitely had a great eye for talent. But um, he, he also played for the New England League. He, he played for the Nashua Dodgers of the New England League, which was uh, a, a mid-level league in uh, American, league, American League minor baseball. That it, it played between 1886 and 1949 intermittently, so you know it, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a good constant gig. But M- M- Mr. Newcomb, um, he finally, you know, he debuted for Brooklyn in um, May of 1949 and became the third African American pitcher in Major Leagues after Dan Bankhead and uh, Satchel Page, as you know the aforementioned uh, from uh, KP. Um he actually immediately helped the Dodgers uh to the league pennant. He earned 17 victories, led the league in shutouts and pitched 32 consecutive scoreless innings. Wow. He was 32 consecutive? 32 consecutive scoreless innings. Jesus. How difficult right. is that? <laughs> well,
1: it's uh, it's very uh, I was thinking about it too cuz uh, w- was he a starter I imagine or? Yes. Okay, so Back then, I mean, they were throwing more innings, but I mean, still, that's just insanity.
2: Yeah, I think everyone was a starter back then. They're like, you're a wuss if you if you came out of a game back then, back in the 40s.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what, you lost your arm? Come on, you got another. Keep playing. But, um, yeah, so he you know, led the league in shutouts, 32 consecutive scoreless innings. Uh, he was among the first four black players to be named to an all-star team with – teammate Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, and the Indians Larry Doby. Uh, Larry. Uh, Newcomb has some other um, distinctions here. Uh, He was named Rookie of the Year by the Sporting News and Baseball Writers Association of America. Then uh, he won uh, in 1950. He won 19 games, 20 the following season, and led the league in strikeouts in 51. Um does anyone know about the game between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the, the New York giants with Bobby Thompson?
1: Yes. And I can't remember why.
0: Okay. Well, there, there was a memorable uh, playoff game between the Dodgers and giants at the end of the 51 season. Newcomb was pitching a great game. He was relieved by Ralph Branca or Ralph Branca, in the bottom of the ninth inning. Um, Bronca surrendered. Uh, well, I think Bronca first got a guy to pop out. We'll get to him next.
2: <laughs> well, memorable game. Well, for sure. For what, for
0: how it ended, but yeah, keep going. And then uh, Bronca served up a walk-off home run to Bobby Thompson Known as the shot heard round the world. Here we go. The <laughs> Giants <laughs> win the pendant. Yep.
2: Giants win the pendant.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Giants win the pendant. Yeah, it. it uh, I think there was a great uh, mash episode with uh with Klinger uh, about the sure thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if, uh, how many Mash fans we have out there, but. I, I've, uh. Yeah. Th- th- there's a great one that references the whole uh, Bobby Thompson shot heard round the world. Yeah, Mike Zapsic, where are you? He's a
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike, call <laughs> in, yeah. quick. Uh, yeah, very memorable game, though.
0: So now uh, he, he had done, uh, he had to do some military duty during the Korean War, speaking of MASH, uh, came back and had uh, a so-so uh, season in 1954 going 9-8 uh, and eight with a 4.55 earn run average. But then next year, uh he finished second in the National League wins ERA with uh, a 20 and 5 uh win loss and 3.20 ERA and the Dodgers won the their first World Series. Now you you think he's had you know like, some pretty good stats some you know pretty good uh, accomplishments. He had a better season in the 56. He went 27 and 7, 130 139 strikeouts and a 3.06 ERA, five shutouts, 18 complete games. Led the league in win percentage for the second year in a row. So that year, Mr. Newcomb actually wound up winning the National League MVP and was awarded the first ever. Anyone want to guess it?
2: Uh, I guess, yeah, it would probably be the Cy Young Award I imagine.
0: I was just about to say that. <laughs> yep. Swear to God, I was. Donald yeah. Newcomb, first recipient of the Cy Young Award given to the best pitcher in the, the combined major leagues. So now think about this. This guy comes in. he He's won the MVP. He's won the Cy Young Award. And he was Rookie of the Year. Has anyone ever done that?
1: Was well, a different sort of Triple
0: Crown. Yes, it was a different, uh, different sort of Triple Crown. I'll 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 give you a hint. We have lived in the, the the four of us have lived in the era of the next player to do it. No one How long ago that was?
1: If you give us a year, I can we can start guessing players. Yeah. I guess we.
0: Um, how about you just go nine years ago? <laughs>
1: nine years ago.
0: That's how long it's taken for someone to accomplish the same feat. Uh, to, to take a stab at who it was.
1: Because you said so. It's a Cy Young winner and MVP and rookie of the year.
0: Right. Again, it doesn't have to be all in the same year. Oh, okay. oh okay. I'm, okay. Picture, okay. picture <laughs> that one, all three. And Are I say, Yankee, I haven't seen any other uh, players, uh, position players, win the Cy Young yet. So until that happened.
2: <laughs> so Scott,
3: is it
0: a Yankee pitcher? Man. Nope. Not a no. Yankee pitcher. Yankee killer.
1: I want to say maybe Roy Halladay.
2: So, so we're
0: talking no. American League, then, possibly. It is an American League pitcher. You're, you're, you're right on this, uh, Ming. Oh, shit. Is it Pedro? Nope, nope, nope,
1: nope. I'm out of shit,
0: then. <laughs> uh, Verlander? Y- you've hit the nail on the head, I'm Ming. Verlander, all Justin right. Justin Verlander. Sure. Nice. Yeah, he, he won Rookie of the Year in 2006, and then he won Cy Young, and MVP. So, you know by the time he got all three, it was 2011. So yeah, Mr. Newcomb uh, did that much, much earlier. But in the 1956 world series though, even after having a great regular season, he had a little bit of a difficult time though. Um, Especially against a man named Yogi Berra.
1: (laughs) Ah, The Jersey kid.
0: Yep. yep. Another right. another, another uh, jersey tie in. So uh, in game two, Yogi hit a gl- grand slam off Newcomb in the top of the second inning. <laughs> Newcomb <laughs> was, was, was so frustrated. He left the ballpark while the game was still going and, and, and assaulted a, a parking lot attendant outside of Ebbets oh. Field. <laughs> oh, man. Was he, was he selling
3: illegal T-shirts, though, that attendant?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you you never know.
3: <laughs> yeah, deserved it. And
0: then, unfortunately, Mister Newcomb was the losing pitcher in Game Seven. Um, go back to Mister Berra again. Uh, Yogi uh, hit three home runs off of, of him in the series. Two of them in Game Seven. <laughs> yeah, so
2: he wow. had a number. Then Yogi Berra just totally. Yeah.
3: He
2: uh he saw the ball very well coming off of uh Mister Newcomb's hand. And uh, yeah, killed him.
0: Yeah, un- un- unfortunately, and after that, yeah, his career wasn't as great. After that, you know, he um, went off to the Cincinnati Reds. He 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 kind of had a middling career with them. Then he was uh, sold off to Cleveland, uh, which he only had a two and three mark. And um,
1: you know, you're not doing good when you're back in Ohio. <laughs> <Well>. sorry man
2: <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> and he and uh, actually uh, Newcomb actually even played professional baseball in Japan with uh, the uh, Chunichi Dragons of the the, the Nivone, uh professional uh, baseball central league but he only played there uh, one season but the strange thing was he <laughs> he split time as an outfielder and a first baseman, and only pitched in one game. Oh man! But the crazy thing was, Newcomb was actually a good hitter. As a pitcher, usually in baseball, you know, particularly like in the National League, uh, you know, pitchers aren't you know like good hitters. But um, he kind of was pretty good, and would be actually used as a pinch hitter. He batted two seventy one. It, it's the ninth best average in history amongst pitchers. Wow, two two seventy one, you said? Lifetime batting average? Lifetime batting average,
2: two seventy one. Uh, pretty good for a pitcher. Yeah, I'm not bad. Uh,
0: Fifteen home runs, hundred and eight ribbies, two hundred and thirty-eight hits, thirty three doubles, three triples, and ninety four runs scored. And hell, throw in eight stolen bases while we're at it.
1: That's insane. Just, uh, especially now with um interleague play that when you see uh, you can be a pitcher that can hit. I mean, that's like in in an era before like specialists and stuff like that. I remember being out in Wrigley field and seeing uh, Carlos Zambrano go yard in a game where he was pitching. I think he had a shutout for like five innings. And then then he struck out in his next at bat and um, broke the bat over his leg and then got taken out the next inning because he couldn't pitch anymore. (laughs) That guy was great.
0: Yeah, you, you, you see, one of his uh, what what one of his heroes was Bo Jackson, and uh, yeah, Bo can do that. <laughs> Zambrano, it's not Zambrano knows uh, uh Breaking Bats, it's Bo knows.
1: Absolutely, it's, they used to sell T-shirts at Wrigley that would say, uh, "Zambrano's my paisano." <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Wrigley's Wild Man. They were uh, it's a good baseball town.
0: Now, un- unfortunately, throughout his uh, career, there's one thing that Newcomb did deal with. He dealt with alcoholism. Um, yeah, he, he he even described himself as a stupefied, wife ab- wife abusing, child frightening, fallen down drunk.
1: Oof, good thing I'm not married; otherwise, I'd have something in common with him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's... So, yeah, uh, you know, the wife beating—that's bad. But the the child scaring, the child. Yeah, They're child talking? frightening,
0: falling down
2: drunk. Child frightening. I don't know <laughs> yeah. a lot of... Uh, I mean, I know a few guys, I guess, but not a lot of guys I would describe as child frightening.
0: <laughs> no, no. But, yeah, he, he described himself that way. That That's how bad he was. And it, it even got so bad in 65, <laughs> he pawned his World Series ring so he could buy alcohol.
3: Oh, my God, yeah. That's desperation right there.
0: But... but Thankfully, in 66, he uh, will—he well, quit drinking and he wound up helping numerous other uh, people, including military personnel and also even his Dodgers teammate, Maury Wills, in uh, their own uh, battles against substance abuse. And in fact, uh, President Barack Obama actually referred to Newcomb as uh, someone who helped America become what it is. It's like, I would not be here if it were not for Jackie and if it weren't for Don Newcomb. So, you know, he, he became he wasn't just a good player, which he he was a pretty freaking great player. But he became a great person. And, you know, he, he was uh, acknowledged in that uh, speech. And he only died last year. Whoa. 19 at the age Wait. of 92. Yeah, must have been very old. then. He went under the radar then. Definitely. Sure. And he, he holds besides that distinction of the you know, the first player to win that other triple crown. In forty nine, he was the first black pitcher to start a World Series game. He was he was the first black pitcher to win twenty games in a season. And of course, you know, the first Cy Young winner. Jesus. So yeah, you know, we we have some good um Baseball players uh, coming from Jersey. So did, did, did any of you guys know about uh, Don Newcomb or? I, I mean, not that much for sure.
2: So uh, definitely underrated, you know, you don't, you don't hear his mm-hmm. name come up a lot. Um, even, even in the pantheon of pitching and baseball uh, I, you know, you, uh, you know, you have your Sandy Colfaxes and uh, you know, other great pitch, you know, Satchel Page comes up way more than he does. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for enlightening us though. Uh, I yeah, definitely a great, definitely a great baseball player. Oh,
0: definitely. And yeah, I, I figured being that we used him last week in our um, our game of Jersey, not Jersey. I figured let, let, let's talk a little about a little bit about him, especially since he ties in well with this subject. Does a uh, into Hall of Fame or no? Now, that is the strange thing. The uh, what I have as when I looked up his thing there. He doesn't show as Hall of Fame. He shows up, if I can find the uh, thing here, he, he was inducted into the into baseballs uh, rec- rec- Reliquary's Shrine of the Eternals. In 2016, <laughs> what the hell is the Shrine of
2: the Eternals? And where is the Reliqua of
0: Shrine of the Eternals? I have right. no freaking clue. That's it, it doesn't have anything to do with the, with the MCU. I don't know. Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean Pete, uh, you know, his win-loss record is uh, 149 and 90. So, you know, not nearly uh, you know, like the 300 win column of most right. uh, like – baseball right. pitcher Hall of Famers. And um, yeah, although he does have a ring. So, you know, that's usually not a requirement, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt. But I think uh, uh, lifetime year, three, five, six, not bad. But uh, I think
3: fall um, well, short
2: fall sh- fall just slightly short, but definitely not yeah. in history, though.
0: And mm-hmm. uh, historically, uh, yeah, he's a great pitcher. Right. Well, I'm going to jump now to our next subject, Monty Irvin. Does anyone know Monty Irvin?
1: Now, that name has more of a ring to it than Newcomb, so at least people have heard of Monty Irvin.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do do you know his full name? C. Montgomery Burns Irvin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is (laughs) it?
0: Smithers by that man a cook. Um, Now, it's Monford Merrill Monty Irvin. (laughs) What? Monford and Sons. (laughs) 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 Yes, that was his side group. (laughs) Tell us Um, a little bit. Well, Mr. Irvin, uh, he actually was uh, born in Haleburg, Alabama, uh, eighth of 13 children, but then his family moved to Orange, New Jersey. Orange. Yep. Orange, New Jersey. Wild. Um, in high school, he was a four-sport star, and he set the state record in the javelin throw. He he uh, also played baseball for the Orange Triangles, uh, a local semi-pro team. So you, you hear a little of this happening with some of the players in the Negro Leagues that, well, okay— If the high school didn't have a team, well, you know what? I could also play for semi-pro league. Not saying that Monty didn't have a high school team because he was a high school four-sport star, but just happened to also play for a semi-pro team. And the orange triangles have nothing to do with my former uh, (laughs) um, employer, Sika. (laughs) Look up the logo. But – uh, he was also even offered a football scholarship to University of, University of Michigan.
2: Wow, all right. Should have taken it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a reason he couldn't take it. He didn't have enough money to move to, <laughs> to, to Ann Arbor. Yeah. They
2: should have taken care of that, but it's all right. It all it um it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for him.
1: There's yeah, still was, some NCAA shit going on like that to this day too, where there's a kid that has to stay home because he can't. Um, he's nervous about having to afford room and board. Yeah. Well, also, I do love a good bad name. The triangles. That's that's about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope there's
1: a local reference to that or something, but.
0: Yes. Yeah. They, they played in the geometric league. You know. Yeah. yeah the the, the Rombus is coming to town next week.
1: Oh, Lord. I was hoping it was a traffic thing or something. I was trying to picture um, what would be like that if, if there was a team called the Jersey Turnpikes. Would we be supportive or uh, disgusted by it?
0: <laughs> well, you know, if we go into shapes, it might be more appropriate to have the Jersey jug handles. But um...
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so, so he couldn't go to uh, University of Michigan. So he uh, attended Lincoln University and became a star football player. So, um, but there's uh, he had some problems. He had some disagreements with his coach, and he also found out he couldn't remain on athletic scholarship and keep pursuing his studies in pre dentistry.
1: Pre dentistry. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so Monty also wanted to be a dentist, huh. sort of like Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yes, he, 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 he was a misfit as well. Um, so he got so frustrated. He was recruited by Negro league teams and wound up playing for the Newark Eagles of the Negro national league. Want to guess his double play partner at KP? Uh,
1: let's see. no. <laughs> <laughs> you got me beat here dude your research is uh is next level
0: you, you 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 mentioned him before you've mentioned him a few times yeah you did a report on him
1: no shit larry Doby, okay larry dobey oh, yeah. see how ming spoon on, feeds me so i can succeed nick do you see how ming just slowly airplane foods the spoon into my mouth
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh god Well, he he was a hell of a player. He, he, in 42, uh, I'm sorry, in 40 and 41, 40, he hit 422. In 41, he hit 396. Jesus Christ. In 42, he decided, hey, mind if I can get a raise? And he was denied.
1: (laughs) The owners were bastards about that stuff.
0: Yes, they were. So... You know being that he was denied, he got frustrated again and decided to leave the negro negro leagues and headed to the Mexican League where he won a triple crown three ninety seven batting average to uh twenty home runs uh it didn't put i, I didn't see the third part, but it, this was only in uh sixty three games uh that they played in the mexican league um. but uh following the Mexican league though he actually was drafted into ww2 world war 2 and join the army's uh do, do you know the what the gs engineers mean uh, uh kp
1: gs engineers um
0: the 13th, 13th
1: See, i don't my, my grandfather was uh us army combat engineers but uh, i don't think i've ever heard of the gs ones
0: yeah so so uh, well wh- whoever's out there you, you might want to look this one up for us i didn't uh, get time to look this one up but yeah he was 13th, 13th Battalion, and um, for the next three years, he got deployed to England, France, and Belgium, where uh, when he was uh, stationed there, he served in a particular – a a pretty well-known battle. (laughs) Want to take a stab at that one?
1: (laughs) You said over in Belgium? Yeah. Uh, Sounds like it could be the Ardennes.
0: Also known as? Battle of the Bulge. Battle yeah. of the Bulge. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah,
1: Grandpa Marty was over there. He got a uh, that was his bronze star and his purple heart, I think, came uh, within like weeks of each other over there. Wow. Yeah, it was Uh, they, they. this guy saw some shit if he was there. I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He definitely saw some shit. And when he was over there. He had a realization that like, well, you know, early on a lot of the the black soldiers were treated badly by their white counterparts but as things progressed and the, the, the white soldiers realized the the whole contradiction that an an oppressed group being you know the you know the african-american uh, you know uh, soldiers being sent to Europe to fight for oppressed people in other countries and it's like wait hold on you know we, we got a little we got to be a little better to these guys so his, his situation improved at you know like the, the more time he had spent over uh while deployed in europe
3: thank, thank you matthew by the way for letting us know uh, about uh, uh the, the uh, gs uh what it's good for what was it well uh, matthew jordan said it's gs is the engineer code for the military oh excellent thank you
1: matthew I think it's also government employee now that uh that that's their rankings. That when you you can be a GS seven or something like that. So oh, that, uh,
0: okay, got it. Got that's it. more
1: of a modern spin on it. It's probably not what it meant back then. I think. Uh, and,
0: and and what what was your designation KP for uh, Navy? Oh, in the in the Navy, I
1: was a whole maintenance technician. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, I made E five before I got out, but that was E five. Uh,
0: that, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, we were known as the turd chasers. So. <laughs>
0: But but uh, on the flip side, you, you were offered actually what, – what, what did they want uh, you to uh, go into?
1: Well, they, they – <laughs> that's what's terrifying about the military sometimes as much as uh, I support it. I, uh, I took the ASFAB, which is like their SAT test, and mm-hmm. um, I scored high enough to, to work in uh, nuclear engineering. And, uh, oh, wow. And they were offering a big bonus for it, and I was like, I don't think you guys understand how many times I went to summer school. This is not a good idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well again though in, in ww2 uh I, i'm guessing you know they were a little more not to say desperate but hey if, you know what knowledge you have you know we'll use it and you know so but but you know not taking anything away from monty though you know he he probably was uh he, he probably kicked a lot of ass <laughs> as, as, as an engineer uh there 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 was a downside though besides the obvious one for fighting in world war two uh his military service left him with a ringing in the ears, which afterwards kind of affected his coordination. Oh, shit
1: I didn't even think of that 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 but, would probably throw off everything. You can't even hear the astros banging the trash cans, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, nice one. <laughs> well, a- a- after World War II, though, he was approached by the Brooklyn Dodgers, Mr. Branch Rickey, about being signed right into the majors. Oh. Now, if this is true, the timing, th- they don't say the year of this, but this could have preceded Jackie Robinson. But Branch Rickey felt he was not ready to play at that level so soon after leaving service. And again, given that, you know, the problem that he uh, gained from fighting in the war with the ring in the ears, he decided instead to return to the Newark Eagles. So, now, let's go back to Mr. Ricky a second. As I said, he he signed Jackie Robinson from um, the KC Monarchs of the Negro League. And then Donald Newcombe he signed from the Newark Eagles. He he then attempted to re-sign him again. But um, remember, I mentioned that Newark Eagles business owner uh, Effa Manley. She she said no, because she she refused to allow him to leave the club without compensation.
2: That's fair enough. <laughs> Assets, man, assets. Yeah, you can't poach players like that.
0: So, so, so again, yeah, he, he kind of got screwed over for <laughs> uh, Monty Irvin because of uh, what Branch Ricky kept doing—that he would, you know, basically pick these players from the New York leagues and not compensate the teams they came from. So, actually, Effa uh, Manley threatened to sue Rickey in court. So. That's what stopped him from pursuing him. So what happened later is uh, Monty Irvin would actually sign with the New York Giants. Hmm. So after um, doing a stint actually in the uh, Puerto Rican Winter League, and uh, he returned to the Eagles in 46 to lead the uh, team to the pennant and the actual – um, they won the World Series versus the Kansas City Monarchs. Who who was pitching for them again? KP? Oh,
1: there's a lag in here, guys. I don't know what's going on.
2: Are oh, we still here? We, 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 I, we I, I know. I just don't. I don't know the answer. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you're, you're breaking up. You're breaking it up. A, <laughs> episode. You did an episode on this guy. Satchel Paige. Yep. There you so, guys. Uh, that or
1: Benedict Arnold. So, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to excuse me and, and, too. There, there's a girl I went to high school with that's doing uh, yoga on Instagram Live right now. So it's, it's, just, uh, <laughs> I'm here, but it's this. There's some compelling competition. So
0: understood, understood. You can multitask. But uh, anyway, Ir- Irvin uh, batted four four sixty two with three home runs. In the uh, World Series, in the Negro League World Series, uh, leading them to, to the uh, to the championship. So from there, in 49, finally he made it to the majors. The New York Giants paid for Irvin's contract this time. <laughs> no thanks to Branch Ricky of the uh, Dodgers. So he got assigned to let's re- remember we were talking about um, Jersey City earlier? He was assigned to Jersey City of the International League, as as we talked about, the the Giants' minor league team played in Jersey City, and he would this be uh, at Roosevelt
1: Field or? What's that? Was that at Roosevelt Field? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm paying some attention, guys.
0: <laughs> then he uh, debuted with the New York uh, the New York Giants on July eighth, nineteen forty nine, as a pinch hitter. He, he then went back to the minors and then was called up in 1950 uh, after uh, doing a pr- pretty good job with the uh, the minor leagues where he was hitting 5'10 with 10 home runs in 18 games and wound up batting 299 for the New York Giants, playing first base in outfield. And in 1951, Irvin... Sparked the Giants' miraculous comeback to overtake the Dodgers in the pennant race, batting 312 with 24 homers and a league best 121 runs batted in. Um, did we mention this again? Uh, the third game of the playoff uh, the, between the Giants and the Dodgers, um, Irvin was up to bat and popped out in the bottom of the ninth. And a guy called Bobby Thompson <laughs> followed him. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I seem to recall this from earlier in the episode.
0: Yes, sir. Again, th- th- this all has a very strange t- – they all tie in together very strangely, both at the Negro Leagues, the Minor Leagues, and the Major Leagues. So uh, that year, urban teamed with uh, Hank Thompson and Willie Mays to form the first black, all-black outfield in the majors and finished third in National League MVP voting. It's a hell of an outfield for sure. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? That, that, that is an incredible outfield. Yeah, He also served as a mentor for Willie Mays. And after a couple of years, though, uh, Irvin said uh, that... Uh, uh, after a couple of years, I, I did that for two years. Third year, he started showing me around <laughs> with Willie Mays. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, they Say Hey Kid uh, was a pretty popular guy. Uh, unfortunately, in 52, he jammed his ankle uh, at third base sliding, but he still he, he made the Major League All-Star game in 52. Then... Uh, he he wound up hitting 329 with 21 home runs, 97 ribbies in 53 finishing 15th in MVP voting, but he didn't make the all-star team that year for some reason. Uh he uh w- what you'll call it? The following season, he he did pretty well, 262, 19 home runs, 64 ribbies, and the Giants won the pennant and faced the Cleveland Indians in the World Series in 54. And he was in left field when Willie Mays, playing center, made the catch <laughs> in Be game catch. one.
2: The catch. Mm.
0: The Giants went on to win that series. And uh, so, yeah, we, we have some, some pretty good players here that we're uh, going through. But um, he, he wound up uh, going back down to the minors, up and down. He went off to the Cubs. And um, unfortunately, he had a back injury that led to his retirement in 57. But in 73, he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, primarily, though, on the basis basis of his play in the Negro Leagues, although he had some pretty impressive stats as we went over in the majors. Now, we talked about um, Orange Park... uh, um, Oval Park, uh, Orange, New Jersey. It was uh, renamed Monty Irvin Park in his honor. And October 19th, 2016, uh, a statue of Irvin was dedicated in Monty Irvin Park.
1: I think Larry Doby has a field in South Orange, too, doesn't he?
0: I think so. Um, Actually, we're going to get to him now. Um, he He was born, Larry Doby, He was born in South Carolina, Camden, South Carolina, but moved to Patterson with his mom at 14. Mm -hmm. And just like Monty Irvin, he was a multi-sport athlete as well. He uh, played baseball, football, basketball, and lettered in track. And this is an interesting story. Eastside, the, uh, the high school in Patterson, where he played, The uh, after winning the the state championship in football, Eastside was invited to play in Florida for for a uh, special game. But promoters of the game wouldn't let Dobie play. So what happened is the Eastside uh, team decided to forego the trip in support of Dobie.
1: I like that shit, man. That's always
0: good. I love like a a good story like that, that, you you know, we need some actual feel good stories nowadays.
2: And uh, there is a Larry Doby Field in Patterson, New Jersey. KP Patterson. There it is.
0: Yes, oh. yes. Uh, and, and in fact, there's there, there a uh, there is a statue of uh, Larry Doby uh, at that one, and we'll, we'll get to that one in, in a short bit. But um, on summer vacation, while you know, with high school, he played baseball with a semi pro team, the Smart Sets, and he also had a brief stint with the Harlem Renaissance pro basketball team as an unpaid substitute. So um, from there, he wound up, uh, he accepted a scholarship to play at uh, Long Island university in uh, Brooklyn to play basketball. So, so our star baseball player decided to go play basketball at Long Island university. One of the reasons he stayed close, you know, like Long Island wasn't too far was he had been dating a girl from Patterson, Helen Kirby, since sophomore year of uh, high school and wanted to stay close. So but before enrolling in, in college, he just he accepted an offer to play for the Newark Eagles of the Negro League. So uh, he, he played in 19 on May 31st, 1942. He played his first professional game. When the Eagles played against the New York Cubans at Yankee Stadium,
1: <laughs> you, you give me one more layer of this, and I'm going to have to spin a top on a table to make sure it falls over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, as with all uh, players, as we've uh, noted here, his career was interrupted by service. W- Want to catch what branch uh, he uh, uh, went into? Uh, KP.
1: Well, you're asking me so I'm going to I'm going to guess navy.
0: You are correct. Yep. <laughs> so while, while uh in the navy when doing his training, he was also part of an All-Black baseball squad that played against white teams and uh did pretty well. He himself compiled a uh 342 average while while playing. And uh while in the while um Let's see, the name of the place, Ulithi in the Pacific? I think that's how you pronounce this place.
1: Leyte Gulf? L-E-Y-T-E?
0: No, U-L-I-T-H-I.
1: Oh, okay, sorry. That's a misheard then.
0: No, no, it's okay. Uh, While over there, he heard about Jackie Robinson's minor league contract and gained hope that maybe someday he'll make the majors. And um, while he was in Hawaii, he met Mickey Vernon, on contract with the Washington centers, Senators, and uh, Vernon uh, contacted uh, the owner of the Senators, Clark Griffith, encouraging them to sign Dobie if the major league would ever allow integration. So you know he went on after uh, after his military service, though he played uh, some. Uh, ah, he played for San Juan in Puerto Rico. And then rejoin the Eagles and uh, with the Eagles and Monty Irvin went on to win the championship uh, against the KC Monarchs, as we've gone over, I think, three times already. <laughs> mm-hmm. I <laughs> yeah, think for-
1: it's cool to think about with them, too, that uh, these guys are able to they bounce around like crazy. But mm-hmm. this is instead of having to have a, a, a shitty job that a lot of the African-Americans were forced to take during the time period. So it's, uh, it's true. That that is the mixtape of its day, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, you know, good way to cheat the system.
0: Yeah, great great way. And um, it, now we we mentioned the uh, senators, but the Cleveland Indians themselves, uh, the team president Bill Veeck, proposed integrating baseball way back in 1942. Um, but he got rejected by. The uh, commissioner. You want to guess the commissioner's name, KP?
1: <laughs> Not Comiskey, no. Um,
0: no? I, th- this comes from another episode of American Loser.
1: So it's the guy from uh, the Black Sox. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, his name is Skate. As soon as we started talking about this one, I wanted uh, to Google uh, it. But-
0: All Mountain Landers. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kennesaw Mountain Landis. <laughs> if you ever want to <laughs> see see an imposing figure, it, t- pick up, uh, take a picture of uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, and again, listen to the American Loser episode of Shoeless Joe Jackson and the and the Chicago Black Sox. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> so uh, Veek actually had begun the process trying to find a um, a, a young uh, player. Talented player from the Negro from the Negro Negro leagues. I like, God, I can't speak. I yeah, that. But that someone that could basically handle it because knowing what was going to happen, all the taunts and the pressure that would uh, happen, and um, he was talking to a reporter, and the reporter actually suggested Doby, who um, who uh, Vick had actually seen. At Great Lakes Naval Training School, <laughs> going back to the Navy.
1: <laughs> Great mistakes, we called it.
0: Yep. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, unlike Branch Rickey, uh, Veek actually used a different strategy, letting Dobie remain with the Eagles in the Negro League instead of instead of bringing him into the Indians. Uh, Minor leagues into the farm system. So, uh, now Miss Manley, Effa Manley, we we mentioned her, the manager for the Eagles. She thought the their, um, the Newark Eagles had a very close relationship with the New York Yankees, and they thought they might put Doby in a Yankees uniform. Uh, that would have been cool. But the Yankees didn't take interest in him. So, Veek swooped in and finalized a uh, a deal with Doby on July 3rd, and uh, paid her a total of $15,000 f- for her sef- second baseman. Now, um, d- do you know the date that uh, Adobe started in the majors, KP?
1: Not off the top. I'm terrible with dates. I know stories, just never dates.
0: Okay. Um, well, we know that Jackie Robinson started on April 15th, 1947. Couple months later, on July fifth, nineteen forty-seven, with the Indians in Chicago on a road trip, he made his debut as the second black baseball player after Robinson, but the first in the American League. And for that for that, um, for that uh, year, for his rookie year, he only hit though one fifty-six in twenty-nine games.
1: Ooh. I think averages are important for that, too, because you were saying everybody else had, like, in the fours, almost, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I always think about it in terms of comedy. Like, if I'm on stage and every, uh, like, it, it, every, if three out of every ten jokes I tell gets a laugh, that's a terrible set, but that's a Hall of Fame baseball player. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good <that's, analogy. laughs> yeah. Good analogy. Pete, imagine uh, imagine you got booed for uh, the rest of your songs, but for three of them, the crowd listened. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: I I'm, might I'm
0: hang it up. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, well, baseball. In 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 forty eight though, um, he he experienced sp- spring training with the Indians, and um, unfortunately, like uh, his, his white teammates, uh, Doby along with Satchel Paige and Minnie Minoso, they were not permitted to stay at uh, the Santa Rita Hotel. Instead, they had to stay with a local black family. And uh, you, you use a rental car provided by the Indians for transportation. So they. Getting so, better
1: food that way, I'll tell you that much, though. Better than hotel
0: food. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. But yeah, 48, he uh, came to the majors and 121 games, hit 301 for the season, 14 homers, 66 ribbies. And he played a major role in uh, Cleveland's World Series victory against the Boston Braves. In Game 4, on October 9th, Doby became the first player, first black player in World Series history to do... I'll put it out to the uh, group here. What did he do? I'm at a loss. No. Any guesses? Any guesses? Any guesses?
1: Negative. No. No. Okay.
0: Mr. Doby became the first player first black player in the World Series history to hit a home run. <laughs> game four, October 9th. Wow So there's, there's a picture featuring an embrace between Doby and his white teammate uh, Steve Gromick, who had uh, the, the day uh, what you call it? that day he had a complete game. It was on uh, the cover of the next day's, um, the paper was The Plain Dealer. And uh, R- Richard Goldstein of the New York Times called the photograph a signature moment in the integration of Major League Baseball. And Dobie himself said, the picture was more rewarding and, and happy for me than actually hitting the home run. The picture finally showed a moment of a man showing his feelings for me.
1: I don't know. I, I bet he wants to reword that one uh, what's that uh whoever's talking go first i'll I'll show you my dog's being an asshole in the background I'm sorry
0: <laughs> no it's okay no what, what did you say uh k p he has to go take care of his dog oh i'm sorry oh no 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 problem i I, I thought he was saying uh, something about uh the 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 picture but uh that World Series the Indians beat the Braves in six games, and uh so you know adobe. You know, in his first World Series one and had a three eighteen batting average during the series. Impressive. And after the series, wait, is is, is KP back or coming back,
2: no yeah. yeah. he's he said his dog is going nuts.
0: So oh, okay. <laughs> he's handling that. Well I'll I'll fill him in afterwards. Okay. But, but after the series, Doby received a celebratory parade in Patterson. Uh. Wow. And uh, during the off season, during the off season, he along with uh, other teammates, appeared in the 1949 film "The Kid from Cleveland." So um, you know get, getting back to Patterson, you know, they threw him a parade, everything was all you know great, and uh, now he had all this additional income. so he and his wife tried to buy a, a home in Patterson in an all-white neighborhood but were kept out by petition from members of the community. Oh, God. Yeah. But they were allowed to make their purchase when the Patterson mayor himself intervened on their behalf. Good for him. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you know, thankfully, you know, like, uh, uh, calmer heads prevailed there, and, uh, yeah, the, the mayor got things done. So in the 1949 season, Dobie was selected to his first all-star game and he was, uh, one of five Indians selected and joined Jackie Robinson. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He was one of five Indians selected and joined Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, Don who come as the first black players to be amongst those, uh, chosen to participate in the all-star game. Hmm. In uh, 50, he was, uh, Named as the Cleveland baseball man of the year after the season, and uh, it, it was the first time a black player was chosen. He came in eighth, also in uh, American League MVP voting. Uh, now, he, he even though his uh, you know, following up his home runs and RBIs went down a little bit, his batting average increased, but the the, the um. The home run production and RBI production uh, w- was starting to be attributed uh, uh, to, uh, uh, yeah, excuse me, I can't speak, God, um, injuries. So actually in 52, Doby actually had Harrison Dillard, a track and field star, help him prepare his legs to prevent injuries uh, for the season. So for that season, he finished with thirty-two home runs and one hundred and four runs scored, and a five-four-one slugging percentage. So, so it worked. It it, it did help. Yeah, (laughs) but unfortunately, his leg injuries would plague him throughout his career. Um, what you call it? He uh, was a uh, an all-star again in '54, and he had a pinch-hit home run in the uh, in the eighth. That was the first home run hit by a black player. In an all-star game. Oh, KP is back. You know it. Okay. Uh, so uh, what you missed is uh, the, the parade in Patterson for uh, Mr. Dobie, and then um, when he and his wife tried to buy a house uh, in an all-white neighborhood, <laughs> they petitioned, but the uh, mayor intervened.
1: Did uh, Did you say which town it was? Because I know obviously Patterson. Patterson is an all-white town. That's that's a throwback, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit.
1: Oh man, crazy! It got to be a white part of town, I guess, or what?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a white uh, part of town that the Dobies were trying to buy a house in. Ugh, that's absurd.
1: It's all right. Well, uh, I'm, is that him? I'm I'm caught up then. I apologize. It's uh, you can actually hear my dog uh eating his bowl of food in the back right now. It's just <laughs> uh, like it's soothing meditation. Yeah, it sounds. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, also, it sounds like uh, uh when the alien catches one of the colonial marines.
0: <laughs> face hookers, <laughs> the, the, the new face mask in in today's age, uh, today's day and age. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I also uh, let let uh, let them know uh, he was a Cleveland baseball man of the year and eighth in MVP vote in in uh, 1950, and then started having leg injuries. Unfortunately, afterwards, but he I had heard, a I star yeah, uh, I was
1: I was in ba- I was back in for the legs.
0: Okay, so you were back for the legs. Got it. And then uh for for the first uh home run hit by a black player in the All-Star game that was Larry Doby in 1954. Then uh 55 was his last year with the Indians and seventh consecutive All-Star selection. But then uh he he was traded to the White Sox afterwards. Now, Larry Doby was known as a very quiet guy. He 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 was not a very outspoken excitable guy um so what happened was some people started considering him controversial um on the indians because he was always morose and sullen so yeah doby himself uh, uh said you know like because of also the all the pressure that fell on him He said, I was looked on as a black man, not as a human being. I I, I felt a responsibility to the black players who came after me. But that was a responsibility basically to people, not just to black people. So this guy, you know, he comes into the league. He's got all this pressure, even though he was this second guy, but first in the American League and was a quiet guy to begin with. But yeah, it it was a bit hard for uh, Larry. Uh, so now, he you know he as I said he went to the White Sox, and in uh, August 20th uh, against uh, in 57 against the Washington Senators, Dobie helped preserve a no hitter with a backhand catch of a long line drive, and so Bob Keenan got the no hitter. After 57, he got traded back to the Indians for a year, and then he got traded off to the Tigers for 58 season. Then back to the White Sox. So, uh, yeah, so things after you know, words, uh, they weren't so good because um, they, they uh, got it. I'm sorry. Uh, they got an x ray of his ankle and it was showing bone deterioration in 1960. So he tried out for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, not the hockey team but an actual international league uh, baseball team, but got released because of that. So basically he finished up his major league uh, career at that point. And um, he joined Don Newcomb playing in Japan for a year in 1962. From there, he went on. um, He became a scout with the Expos, a minor league instructor, and a batting coach. Uh, he also managed teams for uh, Winter League Baseball in Venezuela. And he rejoined the Indians back in 74 as first base coach. Then uh, for, for the, uh, the manager at the time was uh, Ken uh, Aspermante. And Aspermante got fired after the 74 season. So Doby was hoping to actually po- you know, possible get the promotion but instead the Indians went with a guy named Frank Robinson <laughs> as as baseball's first black manager. So he unfortunately because of this, he left back for the expos after that. So um yeah, he went back and forth with um with the White Sox, the Expos, and the Indians. And uh he actually, uh, in well, let's see, where was it? 1978, June 30th. He actually got to be manager of the White Sox after Bob Lemon <laughs> was let go. D- d- does anyone remember Bob Lemon?
2: Uh, not not nothing stands out about Bob Lemon. Uh, is there anything of significant note from Bob Lemon, old Bob Lemon? Sounds very
3: familiar, that name.
0: Yeah, it does sound familiar. Uh, how about you, KP? Negative. Uh former Yankees coach? Oh. Uh, remember those late 70s? Besides Billy Martin. I was Billy born Martin, in
1: 87, cause... Nick. Okay. I was born in
0: 1987. <laughs> I know, but you're a Yankees fan, <laughs> so you have to go back to the ago. That was a while ago.
3: <laughs> when I Be- was your age. But,
0: but um between Billy Martin firings. Yeah, Bob Lemon was the coach.
1: No oh, shit. That's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, but unfortunately, after becoming the second black manager, again coming in second, uh, he was not rehired after that, and returned uh, as batting coach. It, he went on, then uh, from there, actually joined the uh, New Jersey Nets as director of communications. <laughs> so a little, little, little swerve there. Oh, versatile.
1: What yep. failed franchise has this guy not been associated Oh, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he was named special assistant to the American League's last president, Gene Buttig, in 1995. And as I said, well, hey, last president of the uh, American League. Well yeah that went away as well so uh yeah uh, and uh, let's see we have a little uh thing here about uh in two thousand seven uh scoop jackson uh in response to the tradition of major league players wearing jerseys in homage of uh Jackie Robinson yeah second place finishers in America are suckers. And and so are those who make the story of history less simple than it needs to be. This happens sometimes in America. Those who don't come first or don't do thirin, don't do things a certain way get lost. They disappear. So yeah, basically, he was speaking about Larry Doby, <laughs> how he, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle, being the second guy in 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 a few different ways. So, um. Larry Doby, though, you know, he had his uh, number retired by Cleveland and he was elected finally into the uh, Hall of Fame March 3rd, 1998 by the Veterans Committee at the age of 74. But um, although he was the first to play in the Major League uh, in the MLB, he was the last member elected to the Hall of the four players ever to play in a Negro League and Major League World Series. The others were Satchel Paige, Monty Irvin, and Willie Mays. Mm. So again, Larry Doby got looked over many times, even though he was an incredible player and really good guy. (laughs) Just a bit quiet. But as you mentioned before, uh, Ming, um, uh, where where is it? In... I'm just trying to find Eastside uh, Baseball Field, Eastside Park Baseball Field. Yeah. They renamed it Larry Doby Field, 2002. And um, right now, the Yogi Berra Muse- Museum and Learning Center has a section named uh, – well, they have a Larry Doby wing. And um, and of Berra, Larry Doby was uh, – yeah, I'm sorry. Of Barrett, Yogi, uh, Dar- yeah, I can't talk. Again, sorry. Doby said, Yogi was one of the first opposing players to talk to me. As a catcher, Yogi talked to everybody. I finally had to tell the umpire, please tell him shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about <laughs> right. He asked me how my family was back in the first inning. <laughs> yeah. And in uh, 2018, Larry Doby was also honored with the Congressional Gold Medal. And... um. Uh, Bill Pasquale of New Jersey. uh, What was he? Senator? I'm I'm trying to remember. Or Congressman. Uh, It was a congressman. Yeah, congressman. Yeah, Bill Pasquale. He said, what Larry faced would have broken most men and women. (laughs) Unspeakable racism, threats of violence, and shunning from even his teammates. But he endured because of his unshakable courage and incredible character. And through his strength, American civil rights were advanced forward. He, he was a great man and hero. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for too long, Larry Doby's courageous contributions to American civil rights have been overlooked. Uh, he, he joined the major leagues shortly after the great Jackie Robinson and faced the same struggles and barriers without the same recognition. So thankfully he, he was awarded that congressional gold medal a little late, but yeah, th- thankfully, yeah, you know, like, uh, in later days, finally, people have paid attention to Larry Doby. Hmm. So, uh, and just uh, in October of last year, they actually unveiled a new mural at Hinchcliffe Stadium, uh, which uh, it's a work by local artists depicting Larry Doby, the first Af- African-American to play baseball in, Americans in baseball's American League. So... Wow. So, uh, you know, th- this was a little bit of a uh, hi- history of how these Jersey players, uh, and and Jersey itself, uh, was instrumental in you know b- breaking the color barrier in baseball, be it the minors, be it in the Negro leagues, and be it in the majors. We've had some incredible players uh, come from our uh, Garden State. Uh, on to the next part, uh, Pete. Ready for some Jersey, not Jersey? Oh, I'm ready.
2: All right, KP, the world famous game, uh, shocking the nation. Jersey, not Jersey,
0: coming up. Yeah, now KP, you haven't played yet. M- Ming played with us last week. Um, Jersey, yeah. not Jersey. We're going to mention players, and you are going to let us know: was the player from New Jersey or not from New Jersey?
1: Okay, is it specific to baseball? Or are we going all all encompassing? All over the place, uh, football and baseball. Yeah.
3: So. um, Okay. Now these are all black athletes that were born in New Jersey. That's the stipulation. Like, so, are they from Jersey, born in New Jersey, not from New Jersey? But just answer: born from New Jersey, not from New Jersey. Okay. Let's kick this off. Famous Pittsburgh Steeler Franco Harris, running back for the Steelers. Eight 1,000-yard rushing Super Bowl champion four Super Bowls. Was he born in New Jersey or no? Sorry, not born in New Jersey.
0: Ming, you and I are disqualified from this. KP, you're Georgia the only one.
1: Uh, let's say born in Jersey.
3: KP, you are 100% correct. Oh, thanks, Pete. Fort <laughs> New Jersey. What's What was in Fort Dix? Yes. Army base. Army base. Very good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's Norman okay. Franco Harris. there
3: let's uh let's move on to uh, basketball. Will Chamberlain. Now played for the Sixers, Lakers, from New Jersey. Not from New Jersey. You also played for the Globetrotters for a short stint. God ah, dang, yeah, that was my other trivia question. I was gonna let her out.
2: Yeah, uh, <that's> uh, <laughs> ladies, man. It's, it's very suave ladies man. Uh, yes. Well, well known for that as well.
3: <laughs> You've read the book, haven't you? Wilt the Stilt. That's what we called that. There was his nickname, right?
0: <laughs> right. Not for not not for his height. But uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. From <laughs> Jersey, not from New Jersey. What, want to take a guess, uh, Ming, KP? Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm in on this. I will say that he oof, I'll say that he's not from New Jersey.
3: Uh, you got a guess on Will Chamberlain if he's from New Jersey or not from New Jersey?
1: Okay, I, I didn't know. Uh, you guys explained the rules, but not the order. Sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Ming, then. I'll say he's not from Jersey.
0: And I'm, I'm going to take a stab and also say not Jersey. I think he was a Southern guy, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Well, the answer is he is not from New Jersey, from Philadelphia. You know, oh, where, uh, really? DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, are from so. <laughs> now, <laughs> moving on baseball hall of famer Roy Campanella Brooklyn Dodger considered one of the best catchers of all time 1948 debut is he from New Jersey not from New Jersey
2: oh, that's that's a good one I'm gonna say he's not from New Jersey
3: KP
1: what do you think I going say no as well uh, I'm sticking with the crowd and also saying
3: no. He joins Will Chamberlain and being from Philadelphia, <laughs> not from New Jersey. Oh. Moving on. Oh, Dennis, no cigar. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Dennis Rodman, the worm power forward for the bulls from New Jersey, not from New Jersey.
1: Shit. Uh, I, I don't think we claim him, but I, I think for some reason he was born in Jersey.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say he's for. He was born in New Jersey. Maybe, maybe didn't live here long, but he may. I think he was born somewhere around
0: here. I'll say from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm I'm sticking with the crowd because I. Yeah. Oh, where the hell was he born? <laughs> Shit. But but yeah, he, he's a Jersey guy. Like as far as born.
3: Everyone is doing fantastic. Yes, born in Trenton, New Jersey.
0: Wow, Trenton, New Jersey.
3: He- fan of Kim Jong Un.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want to alarm you guys either but in the 90 minutes we've done this uh did you guys see that the chances are
0: he's dead yes
3: they, they yeah. said that he never no,
0: not not dennis rodman okay that's- no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> dennis rodman is still with his you know uh, hanging out with his playboy playmates so although that's not even a thing anymore is it
0: What, what, Playboy Playmates or hanging out with anyone?
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, both. That
1: (laughs) That was solid, Nick. That deserved more. Okay.
3: Okay. Althea Althea Gibson, she's the first black woman to win uh, tennis's uh, Grand Slam. She uh, won the Australia Open doubles, the French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open singles. She was ranked number one in the years 1957 to 1958. Was she born in New Jersey or not born in New Jersey
2: oh, Gibson. I will say that she is from New Jersey
3: and she is the pre, you know, uh, really set the, the, you know, uh, came, you know, well, well before, um, you know, Venus Serena Williams have paved the way is the, the, uh, what I
1: wanted to say for her.
0: KP, have a guess. I, uh, I know
1: the name too. I, I've never really paid much attention to tennis, but I have a feeling that she's going to be from Jersey if I know her.
0: And I'm, I'm agreeing with the crowd again. There really are no winners in this
1: game, huh, Nick? <laughs>
0: so really, this is a, a
3: mixed answer. But no, she was not born in New Jersey. She was actually born in South Carolina. But uh, there are all sorts of commemorations toward her in New Jersey because she had um, she had a political affiliation and towards the later stage of her life oh. um, in New Jersey. Um, she lived in East Orange for 20-plus years. And, you know ran for office uh there um I didn't get whatever any of the real specifics on that but um there are you know um like I said I, I think also a, like a statue commemorating uh her as a somewhat important in, in New uh, Jersey uh for the latter uh half of her life but born in South Carolina um all right let's do two more what do you think Nick how's that That's good all right marvelous Marvin hagler
1: oh Ooh.
2: the boxer <laughs> I believe yeah.
1: he's for sure from
3: Jersey.
2: 1980, the 87 champion. Wow. Uh KP, I, I'm I'm going to bank off your confidence and speed, much like Mar- Marvelous Marvin Hagler. I'll say he's from New Jersey as well.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, he is from New Jersey.
3: <laughs> and the answer is he is from New Jersey. He's All from right. Shackville. Newark, New Jersey.
0: <laughs> Shackville. <laughs> Excellent.
3: Excellent work so far. <laughs> Let's do one last one. Okay. The man, the myth, the legend, Tony Dorsett, Heisman winner. Play mm-hmm. for Cowboys, Denver.
2: Running back. From New Jersey or not from New Jersey? I'm going to say he's not from New Jersey.
1: We would brag about that way more if he was from Jersey, I think, so I'm going to agree with me.
0: Nick? I'm going to say it's a case of like one of those, he was born in Jersey and then moved somewhere else. <laughs>
3: So the answer is he is from the city of lights. Are you ready? Rochester, Pennsylvania.
2: Oh. oh. <laughs> I <was> like, wait. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, I had to throw the city of lights up to Paris, but you know. Yes. from
0: <laughs> <laughs> France? Rochester, I don't know. The city of lights. Uh, are, are we talking about light beers or something? or are we, are we <laughs> Pennsylvania.
3: <laughs> well, that thus concludes our game of from Jersey, not from Jersey. I honestly, I think you know Ming and KP kicked some serious ass. Anyway. I right. did okay. We
2: oh yeah, right. tough game for sure. Good. Tough
0: game for sure.
3: Did very well. All right, but, Nick.
0: Well, I I wanted to thank you know both uh, KP and Ming for uh, joining us today. Like uh, yeah. on, the, and, and I'm hoping that you know we opened uh, some eyes and you know like you know to. to some of the uh, historical significance that Jersey played, and s- some of the athletes that came from here, and you know th- the place that New Jersey holds also, be at the Negro Leagues, the first minor league of with inter- uh, game with integration, and you know like, and there are again some of those statues out there too, and um, commemorations that you can find, such as uh, the one by the PATH station in uh, Jersey City for Jackie Robinson. Uh, the Larry Doby Oprah in Patterson. Yeah, so Monty Irvin Field in, uh, what did I say, was it Orange? And, uh, yeah, I don't know if Donald Newcomb got anything, though, out of this. Uh, not as much as he could have,
2: should have, but still a great player.
0: But, uh, and, and any uh, last thoughts that you guys have uh, based yeah. on today's discussions?
2: I, I mean, thank you for the education. I had no idea that Jersey was so steeped in uh, the breaking of the color barrier. So thank you, Nick and Pete.
3: That was a great rundown, Nick. Uh, I, I love the history lesson there. I, I learned th- th- things I never knew before uh, in, in terms of that, you know, um, th- th- those individuals. Great. Uh,
0: so did I. <laughs> <history lesson. laughs> this is what it must feel like, KP, to make it an episode of American Looser. It's uh, when you start reading. Yeah. Uh,
1: it can be daunting at times. You did an awesome job, though, man. The research yeah. area, if if, uh, if Loser ever gets a budget, uh, we're definitely looking <laughs> to getting you guys on as the research team. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, because 90% of it's just me and the old man bullshitting on our way to the studio. <laughs> it works, though, for you. I appreciate it. I, mean, I, I got to say to Ming real quick, too. This is why, when people ask why I don't try to do a podcast at home, this is why the bulldog just was whining the entire second half <laughs> yeah. of the show.
2: It's okay, we're we're dog we're all dog friendly here. So, oh yeah. We've, seen it all. yeah, we've seen we've seen cats jumping off stuff. We've uh yeah we've seen a lot of things
0: <laughs> like Animal Planet.
1: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> man. But uh, no, this was a pleasant distraction. So I appreciate you guys having me on. No, thank uh, you,
0: thank you yeah. KP, and yeah, you know, for all those out there if you've not listened yet, please listen to American Loser, uh, the the podcast that uh. Puts the uh, spotlight, not spotlights. You don't want the, any of those. Spotlight firmly on second place. And um, yeah, it, always uh, recorded at a shared universe podcast studio in Eatontown, New Jersey. And that Ming, Mike Zapsik, they, they're helping, uh, helping us through these times, putting these uh, pods together. So th- thank you, guys. And if you're looking to start a pod, please contact Mike and Ming, and they will get, get you going right away. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So for what exit Jersey stories, I've been Nick Franco. I'm
3: Pete Riario. Ming Chen. Mike Zapsik. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Angrier, angrier.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Uh, and Mr. K.P. Burke and uh, besides American Loser, Please once we're able to actually go out and actually see other people, please see this man. His stand-up is incredible. If mm-hmm. you can, just uh, check it out on yeah. YouTube. There are That's some. Uh, <laughs> there, there there are some uh, uh, cl- clips uh, from uh, KP. Uh, yeah, some of the roast battles, some of the, uh, your uh, the roast of Brian Halloran, and uh, that latest one from uh, uh, what was that club in New York, uh, KP?
1: Oh that was uh my tape from Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, Broadway, yeah so
0: uh, yeah, and you you like my Carol Baskin uh, joke on that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you, man. That means a lot. I, I always am grateful for the kind words uh, you guys throw my way. Right
0: but but yeah, for for uh what I said, jersey stories, thank you everyone. Good night. Good Bye. night.
3: Be safe.